Happy Tuesday, everybody. This is November the 17th, 2020, and this is your host, uh, Andy. So, uh, coming at you today with like a mid-morning edition. Sorry about the uh, tardiness to this, but hey, let's go ahead and jump right into the co- uh, the content. All right, today is, for our national day, National Baklava Day. You heard me right, that delicious dessert uh, it's phyllo dough with all kinds of syrup or honey drizzled on top and all of the toppings you could think of, usually of the nut variety. Um, yeah, it's a great dessert. I love it. Uh, it's one of my favorite desserts, actually. Uh, it's kind of a rarity around my house, uh, mainly because I don't get out very much to shop for it. Um, this time of the year especially, it is very prevalent in grocery stores, so... If you're out of the grocery store, Walmart, Target, wherever, go get some baklava and celebrate today, National Baklava Day. Probably pairs well with some good, strong uh, coffee as well. So, uh, kind of kicking off the show, we'll start off with uh, some personal thoughts of mine. Uh, This weekend is going to be a busy weekend. We get to uh, celebrate my father's 60th birthday. You only do that once on Sunday. And, you know, happy early birthday, Dad, if you're listening. And then Saturday, we get to celebrate my wife's graduation from SEMO. She's graduating uh, this Saturday after about four, four and a half years. And we are super proud for her, and we are super pumped. Uh, but I'm going to go off that. So graduation. When I graduated uh, from SEMO, oh, uh, it seems like eight years ago. I think it's about eight years ago. Um, yeah, it was different. Obviously, the, the COVID protocols was making this different. So... Yeah, this is actually an early graduation. Uh, usually the people who graduate in, or after the fall semester uh, do so in December, but they moved everything up uh, with the COVID protocols. Um, so when I graduated, I graduated in the spring. Typically there's more graduates in the spring uh, anyway, so it's going to take longer. And when I went, they actually did an honor ceremony if you graduated with you know, a certain GPA or any type of other honors. And it was a good two-hour ceremony. And then there was like an hour layover, and then you had the, the big graduation where everybody was there who was getting their earning degrees. Um, so all in all, I think uh, I had drugged my wife. Well, not then. Then she was my fiance. We got married the, the following weekend after that. Uh, so my wife and my family, and I made them stay all day. I know, mean, but, uh, you know, I worked hard for this or for that, and I wanted them to celebrate it with me. So I think my wife's getting the short end of the stick here. Um, They have actually split their ceremony, and they're going to do so many colleges within the college, within the university. Uh, They'll do half of them at 10, and then the other half, I think, at 2. Gives them some time layover so people can leave. Now, this is all based on COVID uh, protocol. So they're cutting the numbers in half. The only so many people were allowed per graduate. So, uh, from my understanding, you know, I don't have to wait through all those names. Uh, I don't have to. There's no two separate ceremonies, sort of thing. It's all one ceremony for my wife. So I think she's getting the short end of the deal here, in terms of length, uh, sitting through an actual graduation program. Now I'm not complaining. Um, and things are drastically different from when I graduated to when she's graduating now. Um, namely, we have five children. Um, so I'll be under corral mode there with uh, some of her family that is coming to watch her graduate from SEMO. So this is a, a long-time accomplishment. 
And I think the ceremony, I asked somebody, because they had another ceremony, a graduation ceremony for the people who didn't do it last spring and summer, uh, last weekend, and I asked one of them, and they said it was only lasting about an hour. So an hour with five kids and, uh, of course, my wife's family there kind of helping me out. Uh, it shouldn't be too bad. Uh, she just mentioned that uh, we pack enough snacks for them. And I, I, of course, said, well, can I have some snacks too? So uh, that way I can get through the hour-long ordeal as well. So looking forward to that. I'm really happy for my wife. And I want to congratulate her over my podcast. Uh, and she will get plenty of uh, congratulatory uh, messages and, and everything as we get closer and closer to the big day on Saturday. So uh, COVID helped or harmed, whichever way you want to look at this, uh, making this ceremony a little bit shorter. All right, so uh, let's get to uh, the next segment of the program here. I'm going to call this the uh, strange news section. Uh, the strange news for today, the headline for it says, Police Stumped by the Theft of Rare Tree in Wisconsin Capital." All right, so a rare pine tree. Yes, a pine tree from the University of Wisconsin in Madisonville uh, was stolen. All right, so let's get this straight here. Um, most pine trees that I think of, uh, typically about oh, six to ten feet tall, come pre-lit in a box, and <laughs> you gather around them once a year, usually December 25th. Um, this one's a little different. All right, so this was a 25-foot Algonquin Pillar Swiss Mountain Pine. And apparently it was sawed, uh, sawn down, like with, a, I guess, a handsaw or a chainsaw. I don't know. Uh, between November 5th and November 9th. Okay, so the stolen tree was like out in the middle of public too. It said, in fact, it was only a few short yards away from a popular path that joggers use. Uh, so do bicyclists. So some of the particulars of this tree, one is 25 foot tall. All right, so there in lies a bit of a problem if it's a one-man show, how you get in that tree. Um, and then... You know, you kind of thought, have to stop and think about it. Is how are you transporting this? Even if it's two people, it's 25 foot tall. That's a big tree. I mean, I don't know if you've ever, you know, done anything with tree work before, but I've I've done some uh, log splitting and and cutting and uh, chopping up tree tops, and, and it's heavy. So you got to stop and wonder. Uh, by a pathway that's used multiple times daily, usually probably early in the morning. And if they used a chainsaw, wouldn't nobody stop and think, hey, why is there a chainsaw going in the early morning or whenever they stole it? Okay, so some more particulars. The tree was actually planted in 1988. Uh, there was a, tw a twin tree uh, that was planted near it as well. So they're looking for this tree. All right, the police department, they, they said, uh, you know, any leads can, can uh, help them try to find and uh, recover this tree. Obviously, it might be a little too late for the tree, uh, you know, to be replanted and, and whatnot. But I'm no, I don't know. I, I am no um, I'm arborist. Okay, I, I'm not an expert on trees other than, uh, you know, using them for Christmas decorations. So um, the staff... Uh, at the University of Wisconsin estimated the cost of the stolen and damaged trees, because there was another tree that was cut, uh, to be at least $13,000. So that's a lot of money just to steal a really, really big Christmas tree, or at least Christmas tree looking. So that is your strange news for today. All righty, uh, 
podcast listeners. I am very thankful for you, and uh, thanks for listening today. I should be coming back to you tomorrow with another lovely podcast. As always, have a wonderful day.